0: Hello and welcome to Small Black Birds, I'm AJ, and in this episode you will hear how the United States dangles the promise of America to Puerto Rico, but keeps it firmly out of reach. What comes to mind when you think of Puerto Rico? If you picture Hamilton's creator Lin-Manuel Miranda or Donald Trump tossing rolls of paper towels to hurricane survivors, you are not alone. A recent survey found that almost half of mainland Americans didn't know Puerto Rico is a part of the United States, or that Puerto Ricans are American citizens. Even fewer know of the nightmarish conditions that Puerto Ricans continue to experience since Hurricane Maria brought ruin to the island in 2017, killing thousands of people and causing billions of dollars in damage to almost every part of society. Even before the storm's widespread devastation and inadequate federal response, many Puerto Ricans felt neglected by the US, which has for decades treated the island's inhabitants as second-class citizens. Now a new voice in Washington is challenging the old system and demanding a different future for the people of Puerto Rico.
1: On the events of September 11, 2001, Thousands of Americans died in the largest terrorist attack on U.S. soil. And our national response, whether we agree with it or not, our national response was to go to war in one, then eventually, two countries. 3,000 Americans died in Puerto Rico in the aftermath of Hurricane Maria. Where is our response?
0: Growing up in a working-class Puerto Rican family in the Bronx, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of New York has always been a fierce advocate for Puerto Rico. Since unseating a powerful 10-term incumbent in 2018 to become the youngest woman to be elected to Congress, she has since become a leading voice for people-first programs like Medicare for All and a Green New Deal. Because of the pandemic, Ocasio-Cortez was unable to visit family in Puerto Rico for over a year. But in photos she posted to Twitter from a recent visit to her grandmother's apartment on the island, it looked like time had stood still. The devastation caused by Hurricane Maria in 2017 left millions in need of urgent assistance. But the pictures Ocasio-Cortez shared in 2021, which showed a sparsely furnished apartment with a damaged roof, warped walls, and several buckets to catch leaks, illustrated the broken promises to Puerto Rico by two presidential administrations. And for many Puerto Ricans waiting for federal assistance, it is already too late.
1: The people who pass away in these storms are the most vulnerable. They are children with illnesses. They are elderly. And when power is not restored, when infrastructure is not taken seriously, uh, these are the first people who pass away in storms. And what we saw in Puerto Rico was a mass death of 3,000 people. It was the worst humanitarian crisis in modern American history. And many, many people impacted by the storm point to government inaction as the cause of death.
0: In the aftermath of the storm, Congress allocated $20 billion in emergency assistance for Puerto Rico's post-hurricane reconstruction. But rather than making that money available right away, The Trump administration created a series of regulatory requirements that needed to be met first before Puerto Rico could access the funds, essentially freezing the money just as it was needed most. It was an unprecedented and callous response to the deadliest natural disaster in the U.S. in over 100 years. When President Biden came into office, his administration began peeling back Trump's restrictions, but it has been a slow process and only a fraction of the money has made it to the island. Years have passed now since Maria struck Puerto Rico, but large portions of the population are still without reliable electricity, internet, or clean drinking water, and many schools and hospitals remain closed. A series of earthquakes in early 2020 only compounded the misery on the island, and thousands of people, desperate and with few options available, debarked for the U.S., unsure when or if they will return. For those that remain, many feel that their country has abandoned them.
1: There was never any recovery from the infrastructure damage in Hurricane Maria. But I think the story that's not told is the impact on our collective psyche on the island. No one believes that the United States treats us as full citizens, because the United States doesn't. And there's almost kind of an apocalyptic mentality. That earthquake hit and you know my own family it's like they had all of these emergency backpacks ready to go with torches and mres and rations because they knew that no one was going to come and that's the psyche and to know that a society does not care for you has a profound impact on one's psyche and in my it's it's true and whether it's in Puerto Rico or whether it's the Bronx whether it's Baltimore or whether it's in any number of communities when society has abandoned you it has it completely shapes your worldview and also you know in terms of my own family my grandfather died right in the wake of Maria and my grandmother is now there she's oxygen dependent and when the power goes out we don't know what's going to happen to her every time and so that instability which is a similar kind of instability when you don't have health insurance, when your family can't afford insulin, when these basic tenets of human dignity are not afforded for certain people. Yet you see the United States Congress approve the largest military budget. It tells you that the destruction of humanity is a higher priority than the preservation and advancement of humanity. (laughs)
0: The colonial relationship between the US and Puerto Rico began in 1898, when Spain surrendered the island after losing the Spanish-American War. In 1917, people born in Puerto Rico were granted US citizenship, but that status isn't guaranteed by the Constitution, meaning it can be revoked by Congress at any time. Puerto Ricans are eligible for military conscription and subject to US federal laws, but are not allowed to vote in presidential elections and don't have any senators or representatives in Congress who can vote on legislation. To this day, Puerto Rico's three million residents are represented in Washington by only one non-voting member. Although Puerto Rico was granted partial self-government in the late 1940s, allowing the people to elect their own governor, the U.S. has continually undermined the island's autonomy by restricting opportunities for trade and economic growth and seizing control of the island's property and infrastructure whenever it deems necessary. This has contributed to an environment where Puerto Ricans are routinely subjected to the will of outsiders who own and control more of the island every year.
1: There is a systemic issue here, and that is the modern-day colonial relationship that the United States has with Puerto Rico. Puerto Ricans are technically American citizens, but they do not have the right to vote. They are treated in completely different ways as a normal American citizens are, and for that reason, you do have the chronic neglect of the island. And it, it is acute situations like this in which Puerto Ricans continue to be treated like second-class citizens. Puerto Rico was given a fraction of the FEMA recovery as Houston, for example, in Hurricane Harvey. And this is not just an issue of uh, the colonial status of Puerto Rico, but it's also an issue of us not treating and dedicating enough resources to addressing climate change enough either.
0: In the spring of 2021, Puerto Rico experienced one of its worst coronavirus outbreaks of the pandemic. Despite an explosive growth in cases, that forced most of the island's residents to stay confined to their homes, many still without power or water. Tourists from mainland America continue to travel to the resorts on the island as a low-cost vacation and popular spring break destination. Locals raised concerns about the increasing tourism to the island, with many visitors ignoring mask-wearing rules and gathering in large groups despite restrictions and curfews prohibiting such activities. Puerto Rico is also among the last places in the US to receive shipments of the vaccine. And because it lacks the infrastructure and resources to distribute it, Puerto Ricans lag far behind most other states and territories in getting vaccinated.
1: One of the things that we are seeing with coronavirus is that it is amplifying all the injustices that we already had. And for example, with our brothers and sisters in the Black community, it's amplified the health disparities. You know, it's made all of these disparities even worse. And when it comes to Puerto Rico, it has only amplified the injustices of the colonial status of the island. Because if Puerto Rico did not have this kind of second-class kind of relationship with the larger United States, we would be able to have more control over our island's policies.
0: Solving Puerto Rico's problems will not happen overnight, but for many, including Ocasio-Cortez, the solution starts by ending the island's colonial status and making Puerto Rico the 51st state. Over the years, the people of Puerto Rico have held several referendums on statehood and voted overwhelmingly in support of it. But with its limited power in Washington, Puerto Ricans are stuck in a sort of cultural and jurisdictional limbo. Going forward, the U.S. must take accountability for its role in worsening the current crisis and has an obligation to live up to its own ideals and allow the people of Puerto Rico the right of self-determination.
1: Puerto Rico is a colony of the United States. People, you know, they are subjects. When you are part of a country and especially one that calls itself a democracy, and you do not get to vote or have any say, and your referendums on status, whether it's for independence or statehood, you can have referendum after referendum, no one's listening to you anyway, so you don't have a right to self-determination, or, and you don't have any federal representation at all, you are a subject, and a country with subjects is a colonial empire.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Small Black Birds. This is only the tip of the iceberg, and there is so much more going on in Puerto Rico than what I included in this show, and I encourage you to dig a little deeper to get the whole story. And you can start by watching a new movie called Landfall that highlights how the Puerto Rican diaspora stepped in to fill the void left by the government's inaction, and how frustration with the island's leadership has given rise to a new generation who no longer believe that the current US relationship is sustainable. Did I get this story right? Let me know at smallblackbirdspodcast at gmail.com. Want to protect your right to protest? Go to www.rightsanddissent.org. Stay safe and talk with you soon.
1: Your are trying to keep me down Trying to drive me on the get my shit what's mine? The harder they come, the harder they'll fall, one and all. The harder they come, the harder they'll fall. Feel sad I'm gonna get my shit What's mine? The heart of they come The heart of they-